Welcome to Better Before Lunch. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Lori. Today, we've got our special guest, Anthony, here. And we are going to be talking about storytelling for our first podcast of the year. All right, welcome back. And so we've got Anthony here today. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, how are y'all doing today? Doing good. So we are talking about storytelling today. Uh, so I guess let's jump right into it. I had a really great article I was going to bring in to do bullet points because Lori loves when bullet I... Bullet points? Lori loves when I read through bullet points. Um and your great jokes you do all the time. But I can't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find it. So You couldn't find the bullet points? <laughs> nope. So. You didn't memorize any of that? Um, I'll wing it. <laughs> all right, let's, well, let's see. I would love to hear it. All right, so storytelling, it, well, we were talking, we were getting set up here. I mean, it kind of, storytelling is more important than, it's more everywhere than we. Yes realize you can't be a good liar if you're not a good storyteller that's true <laughs> that is and that, i think that's like the dark side of storytelling <laughs> you know but yeah you're right yeah, you can't uh you can't lie as well but then you also can't do non-lying related activities as well usually either <laughs> standing activities well uh <laughs> if it involves talking <laughs> yeah i think anything that involves like communicating with another human and any sort of basis, you're going to end up using storytelling somehow. Yeah. It, it, it improves the interaction. If you don't need to use it, it for sure, uh, like we were talking about uh, sales, um, presentations for business. Yes. Um, definitely. Um, I was just thinking about this like as I was driving over here. Like if you are in the medical profession and you are speaking to a patient, I think the easiest way to get that patient to open up to you is normally you ask them, so um, what happened? Or can you tell me what's going on? And if you get a story out of them or you get them to tell you a story, not only can you figure out normally like where to go next, but now they're also a little more comfortable and they feel heard. Yeah. And it helps uh, if they get, into telling the story a lot of times they'll say things that they you know they might otherwise leave out symptoms and stuff that right uh they might say oh that's not important but they start telling the story and then you get all of the information um oh yeah which that was one one of the points in my article that i found oh see there we go <laughs> this isn't coming from anything to, jonathan knows these <laughs> things he's read had to do well it was a really good article but i was really <laughs> bummed that i forgot i bookmarked it on my home computer and i thought my laptop was synced and i would have all my bookmarks yeah and it, i don't <laughs> so and that, that'll make a great story though yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um there, i mean storytelling is i mean it's part of being human we've been doing it since i think some people want to tell stories more than others though they want to like tell their day in story form whereas yes. other people don't want to I want to tell everyone I know the exact same story 
and then uh, move on to the next one. <laughs> the next story or the, the next, next story person? to then start over to all the people I know that they're just like, stop talking to me. <laughs> Is that really how that goes? Yeah. <laughs> My husband's like, well, I don't get it. You have to call every member of your family and tell them the exact same story one after another. And I'm like, yeah, they all need to know. And I usually uh, hear some, at least some of the stories yeah. too. I mean, I've already told like three people about my coffee yeah. experience this morning in story form. So, uh, why don't you tell us that story? <laughs> I would love to hear it. Yeah, it's just about an iced or hot coffee. Uh-huh. Well, I don't want to tell the whole story to the whole world. Oh, okay, oh, okay. it's one of those stories. Yeah. Private story it's that you private, tell everybody. It's a private story about getting a hot coffee or an iced coffee. Yeah. I wanted a hot one, but I accidentally got an iced one. <laughs> That's not true. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's really now I've lied about the you, story, darn it. <laughs> well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think every great story always has a bit of embellishment, and I think that's okay. Like if you hear comedians, well, I mean, what are they that's doing? They're point. up there telling a story, and it's normally I can't speak for every comedian, but it's normally like an exaggerated version of what really happened. Yeah, yeah. Ho- at least hopefully. Hopefully, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, holy, cr- my goodness, this person is, this person has the craziest life I ever heard. <laughs> uh, some of them maybe uh, their personalities they might, but hopefully they exaggerate some of the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least the punchline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have a, I mean, it's an exaggeration, but a storytelling one. I have a friend that always exaggerates everything. Like she would say. If we didn't know where, like, we didn't know exactly where we were going, but we're not totally lost. You'd call to him and be like, "We're completely lost." <laughs> okay. Or there'd be like three people hanging out, and she'd call somebody hanging out. She'd be like, "Everybody's here." I'm like there are three of us here. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. I love getting that phone call from someone saying like, "So where are you? Everybody's been waiting. We've been here for an hour, and, yeah. and people just like got there like five minutes ago." Like I have a friend who um he will. Like, I think part of storytelling, and as I tell you this, like, about my friend, like, if you are going to tell a story, you almost have to get the attention of the other people. Like, if you're in a group of people, because most of the time stories are told, like, with, like, five or six people around. And I have this friend who will, like, command the people's attention, and he kind of just does this, like, automatically. I don't think he's ever read a book or anything, but he's like, all right, hey, listen, listen, so let me tell you what happened. And that's normally how these stories go, right? Like, listen, listen, let me tell you what happened. And then everyone's listening. And then he goes on about this story. And then he exaggerates on these little points here. He's like, yeah, so I, I was cooking this thing, and I was following this YouTuber, and I actually commented on his YouTube page that I did it, and then he commented back, and it was awesome. And then my nephew, though, he's a real analytical kid. So he calls him out on it. He goes on the YouTube channel that <laughs> of the YouTuber he was following. And then he's like, hey, um, I don't see your comment on here. <laughs> All right, and I don't see where he commented back to you. Like, where did that happen? And then he's like, he's, he's like, Really, nephew? That's that's how you're gonna do. That's how you're gonna do me right now. Got him. Like that's not the point. Like the point is the story, you know. And <laughs> but there's always gonna be those people that call you out on those yeah, oh stories. Yeah. That's you gotta have a balance of embellishing to make it interesting, but also and not just like completely made yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Which I, you know, and honestly, I've known him for so long. So if he's gonna tell me that type of story, I'm not gonna ask for the facts or try to catch him in it. I'm like, you know what? Enjoy the story. Like that's awesome story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is funny though. I mean, because people, I guess it's to get attention. They want to tell stories that aren't true that'll get them more of a reaction. Because if they just say what really happened, I looked at this guy's YouTube and that was it. That was my day. I mean, not nearly as like, that's not powerful. No one's going to listen to you or care. Oh, that's that's a good point too. <laughs> I love to hear the stories that um, elderly people tell, mm-hmm. and I'm one of those people that if someone has told me a story and they start telling me the story again, I will let them tell me the whole story again. I won't stop them. I know at least a couple people that I will gladly listen to. Whether they're interesting or funny, right? We'll listen to their stories and have uh, multiple times. Same. Oh yeah. I don't listen very well, and sometimes totally forget. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole and new I've story. Had people, for you. Yeah, tell me a story multiple times. Like by the end of it, they'll go, "You know what? I think I already told you that because you responded the exact same way the first time." I'm like, <laughs> well, hey, maybe, I didn't remember hearing it, but <laughs> obviously, it always invokes the same reaction. <laughs> oh yeah, I think stories. Um, like, I love hearing stories. Um, and I, there are so many avenues where we see this great storytelling. Um, you know, TV shows, video games, um, books, obviously. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you could read, you know, more informational books. and but Yeah, and they all, no matter how, whether it's, whether it's the story person to person or any of those things, they're all... The, the storytelling at its core stays the same, uh, but it can be drastically different. Even between the different, like a video game and a book can be, they they can obviously have the same story sure. and be totally different uh, and both be good sometimes too. Oh, or, both, or be bad. I mean, you can right. think yeah, about yeah, you can... just two different people trying to tell an event of what happened. They right. were both there. And one of them, if they don't tell a story well or they jump around in the story, yeah, then right. it's not that good. And then the other person, if they're a good storyteller, they start at the beginning and they Which, that's push it a, through, then it might be a really interesting story, whereas what you heard from the other person is like, meh. Which, that's a good point. That is a really good point. And I'm actually, actually, I'm going to look at movies to books a lot more differently now. When there's a bad adaptation of a book, yeah, a lot of times that's what it is, is they... The movie just didn't tell the story right. Because it can be a bad quality movie. Mm -hmm. And if it tells the story right, it can actually still be a pretty... Like, at least if if you like the book, you'll like the movie if they tell the story right. Even if it, like, The Witcher has just come out on Netflix to terrible critic review for the first two days. And now it's getting glowing reviews but all of the people who were fans of the books and the video games day one loved it. That's and interesting. The critics hated it because most of them turns out didn't even watch it. They watched the first episode and based their opinion on the whole they based their opinion on the type of people who liked the books. Mm. Uh but the The Witcher is another good example because there was a movie made in 1993. Okay. About The Witcher. And it's 
right around the quality of the Hercules, the younger years TV show. Oh, not, not just the uh, Kevin Sorbo quality, but the like the one that came several years later that was even lower quality, like oh, cheesy you know, sci-fi I channel. I, I did not hate Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> no, I actually I loved it because it was a little cheesy. Yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, but the, the, it was like the, it was 1992 or 1993 fantasy movie. So if you watched anything from that era, you know that it was, it was low budget. That it just it was good. The actors weren't bad. Same as Hercules. Like the acting was actually okay, but the, they probably had an uh, incredibly small budget. Uh, but. Fans of the book love that movie because they they tell the story right. So it's it doesn't matter that the visuals are there as long as the story stays the same. Because right. there's plenty. We have I don't even have to name one. There are plenty of examples of books that get turned into movies that make absolutely no sense and don't yeah, follow. The especially book. if they leave a part out or change like, something important or, that changes the whole story. Like in the Hobbit's case add a whole bunch of stuff there you go doesn't didn't it wasn't in the books at all they made it up and it was you watch the movies and go well you could just cut this out and (laughs) it would be one movie you could do this all in one movie if you just cut out all the stuff you added yeah but you know how that goes they wanted to they were trying to create another series you know make the lord of the ring fans happy they didn't stick to the story and that Honestly, I think But then sometimes that made fans upset. Think about are we more upset because we think we know how the story goes? Like if there was no original story, maybe we would like some of the things that they do. But when we compare it, then we don't like it cuz I've seen that where people will hate a movie. They'll be like, "No, it was a book first, and the book was fantastic." But I'll think the movie was really good because I hadn't read the book. Right. So sometimes it's our expectation of what it should be. Like, I know this story and you didn't get it right. Exactly. I think people put a lot of their personal biases into those reviews sometimes. Well, and like The Hobbit, like the stuff they added, with the exception of a couple things were there just so that people could be like, oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They didn't do anything to further any kind of plot. But there were a lot of things that they added in the context of The Hobbit were like not good but as far as a movie goes they were cool to watch and they were a good story they just they should have made like a like movies that branched the two together and not added them into the story that already existed but make a new story because there was lots of interesting stuff it just it felt like it didn't fit because it wasn't part of the story it was like branches of it that they added. I think the I think that series peaked in the second movie, the um the Desolation of Smaug. Mm-hmm. Like I loved yeah, Benedict Cumberpatch as Smaug. Yeah, well, and that's like the book kind of ended around like there's not much more to the book after what the second movie is, and mm-hmm. that's it. Kind of goes off the rails. Uh, they they should have taken the rest and gone, you know, this is The Hobbit, and now this is our one more movie of this trilogy that's not actually The Hobbit. Yeah. And they, they like, connected a little. 
and they kind of broke up the story. That's I up until the end of the second one. That was I was super and and really the beginning of the third one. But it just I if they'd condensed it into two movies and then made a third movie to connect the two movies, right. I would have been. I think it would have helped with the story too. So what elements um, do you both believe that are mostly necessary for a good story? And I know that could be kind of broad because, you know, everybody's into different stuff and you're not going to watch the same thing or read the same thing um, in the same way. But... <laughs> you're right. And almost the complete opposite ways probably between Happy ending. Her and I. <laughs> Happy ending. Okay. I don't, like, I'll think that more of like a movie or a book. I do not want my ending to be bad. I don't want my main characters dying off and everybody to be like mm. sad. And I don't know. I actually I can't stand watching things like that or reading things like that. I do not typically mind a sad ending, but uh, I read the Hobbit when I was, the Hobbit is important to me. And one of the reasons is I read the Hobbit when I was like 10 and uh, spoiler alert, the last chapter of the book, all the characters that are not in Lord of the Rings that you're like, hmm, how come none of these people are in Lord of the Rings? It's because in the last chapter of the book, you find out why none of them exist in the Lord of the Rings anymore uh, 20 years later. Uh, I have not read the very last chapter of any book. <laughs> Since then? If it's the end of the series, I won't read the last chapter wow. of any book because... Uh, it was a lot of people that I had grown very connected to that uh, I knew would never be in another book again. <laughs> See, and that's the thing with a story is I think um, my connection to the characters is something that really drives a good story for me. Yeah. Yeah, I will. And a lot of Tolkien stuff. Oh, yeah. Tolkien, I think that's yeah. what I like about him is that there are a lot of characters and you still like The Hobbit is not a big book. And there are like 13 main characters. And at the end of it, I knew who every single one of them was and like everything about them, which in that small of a book was pretty impressive that you'd, I don't know that I could write that well to, to have 13 characters in a book constantly and be able to describe them all. I mean, anyway, everything about them, their personalities and everything. Uh, and that, yeah, characters probably, I do like a happy ending. <laughs> I feel like. I don't think it's required, I feel but I like do prefer you know, a you're happy ending. If you're escaping reality. <laughs> yes. And reality is not that great. <laughs> we see a lot of terrible things or hear about it if you're watching anything real. So in that escape, I think it's good to think that that story is going to end well. Like that things are going to go well somewhere. To me. Now, I know people who like the drama of it when they like to have some just, but for me, I think, especially with a movie or a TV show, I want to escape to like a happy place. <laughs> sure. I I would, if they were going to force the ending and not, it's not going to be an organic ending to the story. If they're going to force the ending on me, I would rather them force a happy ending and maybe have to suspend some belief to for it to have been a happy ending than for somebody to force a like unhappy or dark ending on me like oh and then 
and then everybody died. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just to, to be that that person that made the story where oh and then uh, oh surprise six of the characters just died or were they just yeah. off what's obviously been made to be your favorite character right oh. and it's just that one they get rid of and they're like are you kidding me and just to do it because or just the like really nice character that's good to everyone oh and then yeah. he dies yeah. but everybody else lives and you're like what i think you're describing game of thrones pretty well with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they were notorious for that ruthless yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh, which it did. It, it worked mid season in the show, at least, mm-hmm. because it was. It felt less forced, which that's again, if it's organic to the story, that okay, you, we are dealing with ruthless kings and courts and stuff. So, I expect some some deaths and sure. then, and then, meanwhile, the ending of the series, you kind of just like do it because you got good ratings when you did it the first time and it it's a lot less uh i just don't like it as much but you, you know i think the shocking thing about game of thrones was that there wasn't a show ever like that before right. like like yeah people like heard about the books and that they're like the size of a dictionary and some people <laughs> yeah. could not even try to get through them um but when it came out on HBO, and I swear I don't think I could meet a person who wasn't into it. I and I didn't watch any of them. I I've seen I like way behind maybe a few, like maybe like three or four episodes. And I mean I like what I saw, but as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, okay, these people that are dying or that are supposed to die, because like I'm a big spoiler, so Wikipedia is like. I'm gonna find yeah. out. I'm gonna find yeah, out exactly who dies. I don't. Oh yeah, I spoil all, everything. But... If I think something bad's gonna happen, I'll spoil it before I watch it so that I just don't connect. Yeah. It's like all right. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think the people who end up dying, like none of them, really surprised me. I feel like they they develop their character pretty well, right. and I'm like, okay, he's right. this guy. Given when this guy the dies, setting, it, it it makes sense. Right. Which which that's good storytelling. That I mean, I. That's good. That doesn't bother me when the story's been, you know, you're in an area where obviously that could happen. Mm-hmm. There, but uh, the forced stuff, like when they do make you, like, uh, it's not even the main character, but they're obviously, like, doing everything right for it to be your favorite character. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, he got killed. Yeah. Uh, not even like, oh, he has to sacrifice himself to, to save this other person in the series and that's you know all that. and then they're just like oh no uh he got killed that would be my least favorite. i know the question was what was your favorite thing but no uh, yeah, yeah no that, that's, that's fine that's... speaking of spoilers something i like to do is like get on netflix and then um like pick a show and just go i wonder what the show's about and then read the summaries of the entire mm. season and then i'm just like okay i'm done with that show <laughs> like yeah. i'm just like i watch it through the summary my husband was like, what are you doing? You're spoiling shows again? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to quickly watch it by these little well, quick summaries and I'm done. You, uh... I like a summarized I can just story. imagine the people listening, like, just blowing fumes out of their ears. <laughs> like, what? Well, I might you... miss a lot, but I think I get the gist. You did, uh, it, by doing that, you did, you did give more opportunity for the story to be told to you than some of the people who reviewed The Witcher, Witcher recently that... Didn't even 
read a synopsis of the season uh at least at least you're getting the vague right. outline. i sometimes do it with <laughs> movies too because like i don't like scary movies or dramas or mm. things like that so sometimes i will be curious as to where they were going to go with the story mm-hmm. so i'll just like read a quick summary and i'll be like oh find out how it ended say so like oh okay that's what it was yeah i will do that for a movie that someone says that like i should watch but i don't really care to watch it i'll do that uh, I, when I really like a show, tend to, especially if it's something like, uh, like Game of Thrones was like it, um, The Witcher, a lot of the fantasy stuff and sci-fi stuff, usually if they've got other things like books or games, they've got a really in-depth Wikipedia. Yes. And I oh, will, yeah. like, while watching it, deep dive into the lore of the thing and, like, I'll be like reading about uh, some, like watching Star Trek, and I'm like reading the history of some alien race that is currently on the episode. Oh, okay. Like, I can yeah. see that. Like six paragraphs in, like, oh, uh, they're uh, they're often born. Uh, and I'm at my house going, story. how old was that actor that played <laughs> yeah. him at okay. that point? Oh my God, he's younger than I am now. <laughs> That's like what I'm doing all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like to. Um, I like to. Um, like, I love the wikis, like any yeah. sort of like, like Breaking Bad wiki. Like, uh, yeah. I love Breaking Bad and I will go on the the wiki for Breaking Bad or Breaking Badpedia, whatever they're called. And um, I'll just like, all right, so let's find out more about this character. Yep. And then somebody shows up and you're like, who is that? They said their name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I almost feel like now, like directors are almost like anticipating this sort of stuff. It makes me happy because I do I do do the same thing. I pull up the wiki. Uh, if there's more than one, I usually have them both pulled up and we'll look at it on both of them. One's usually much more in depth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I do the same thing while I'm watching along, go through it and it to me I get more I get even more out of it when I do that. I do know that spoilers bother people. <laughs> yeah, if you're one of those people listening that hates spoilers, you know, just you know, just avoid the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how you could. Uh, I I don't know how you avoid spoilers nowadays. That, that's. You're I'm just, glad they don't bother me because I don't know how you would ever avoid them. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care about spoilers I, most of the time, and I think this is true of stories too. I want the point first, and then fill in the detail for me. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like I want to just read the summary and then I'll watch the movie. My like I just my bullet points <laughs> that I had. Well, that was. I want a quick point. Normally, you drag those out. Well, and that I have was to listen for a long time. One of the points that they made was okay. open with your conclusion. Yeah. And then tell the story, because then they'll already know where you're going. So they'll understand why you're telling the story and they'll be engaged for the entire time. Even, even if you're telling like a five minute story to make a two second point, you make the point and then tell the story of how you got to that point, And they'll sit and listen to the whole story. Yeah. Just because you know what? They know when I point. was younger, my dad used to always say when we'd have papers straight for school, he'd say, you tell them what you're going to tell them. Then you tell them, then you tell them what you told them. Mm-hmm. Like that was how you write the story. I actually just found myself telling my kid that the other day. 
So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You tell them what it is first, right. then give them all the detail, and then wrap it up with what you said. Which is what you just did. You told us what you're going to tell us. Yeah. You told us the story and then wrapped it up. I guess it worked for me. <laughs> See, that you already did it. It's already in practice. Like, if you notice, like, the first episode of every season of Breaking Bad, that's exactly how they start. It starts, like, with, like, the ending of either the episode or that season. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, man, how how wait, how did that happen? And how is he going to get out of that? And Or how is he even going to get there? And then you watch the rest of the season. You're like, oh. Which I actually watched Breaking Bad for the first time. I'll say pretty recently, but it was a couple of years ago at this point. But it was after the show was done yeah. before I actually watched it. Um, I'm, I'm having gl- deja vu yeah. right now. Just just to <laughs> cut you off for a second, I'm having like I feel like you just told me that already. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. I uh, I'm glad that I waited because I started watching it and couldn't stop. Yeah, and I w- I don't know how people managed to make it a week in between each episode. Oh but gosh, that was one of my favorite parts about the show was that you saw the like last. See, not even the last of like the last shot of the season and usually with the episode at the very beginning mm-hmm. and the whole time you're like how is it gonna end like that mm-hmm. <laughs> i love that it was makes a, you think uh, during yeah. it like you want to get to it right i think that's like the i don't know like you're un i don't know i, I was gonna try to like make it like an analogy but i can't really because you know what you're trying to get to it's sort well, of like yeah. if you have like I run this race, I'm going to get a giant piece of cake. Like, you know you're, like, chasing something. Mm-hmm. Which, that was the, the bullet point said, then they are, they're not waiting to hear your point when you open with your point. They are then enjoying the story you're telling them about the point. Yeah. So instead of spending the whole time you're telling the story going, wonder what the point's going to be to this. Wonder, they already know. So they can just sit and listen to your story and not have to think about it, which... I get I really I guess that applies to Breaking Bad too is mm-hmm. you you don't have to worry about where the season's going to end. Now you you're like how is that going to how, is uh, how are we that? going there? Yeah, how is it getting there? The journey. <laughs> Plus attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like we have to change the way that we get someone's attention. Yeah. Cuz once you have their attention then They'll want to listen to the story, but if you yeah. can't get it in the first couple seconds, then you right. lost them. You know, and talking about the journey, like I just want to bring up um, Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. really quick. So I think anybody who is into storytelling greatly, uh, you need to look up Joseph Campbell. Yes. And um, like his main work um, that I think he gets the most uh, notoriety for is uh, the monomyth or the hero's journey. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, you know about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, he's definitely the most, but I don't, he may be the one that came up with it. I don't know yeah. if he did or not. I don't know enough about him to know if he came up right. with it. But, yeah, I, I know that he wrote multiple, because he's actually, George Lucas read his book. Yes. And and came up with. And Stephen King's another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. He got inspired by Joseph Campbell. And basically, like, the hero's journey is that any hero or main character from, like, whether it's, like, a mythology or religion or even, like, from books, they follow the same arc 
where like they begin they go on this journey um they they face peril um then they seek out like a, a master or a leader of some sort to follow them or that they can follow i should say and then they achieve this goal or they get this grail or um what what's the word the, the macguffin you know they, right. they get the yeah. macguffin and then and then they come back and they're completely changed and they're a different person than you've ever known before like yeah. before they went on this journey and that's been true of recorded history right every every society religion uh location even unconnected places we all have that same story that goes through the the lines and that's star wars is essentially our current yes story that everybody knows the story even even if you don't know the story you kind of know the story Mm -hmm. you you know the the main points of it even if you've not seen the movie you probably know about luke skywalker Mm -hmm. and that's been a true thing throughout history and if you fall and you see any three of those trilogies even though they're different and they have different elements they're going to follow that same type of method like you have the hero he embarks on the journey he Mm -hmm. finds the master he achieves the goal and then he comes back and he's completely different yep which sometimes and it's a dark space like with anakin skywalker right yeah it's not always a not always the same outcome but always the same story put into a different framework or or the same framework put into a different the journey transformed them they will never be the same after that journey it's interesting that we all do that which we sometimes do that even when we're telling stories we use use the same framework even in personal stories when we're talking Mm -hmm. sometimes uh we'll uh we'll wrap up for there at least for now well i was you know what, to i was the, gonna say one last okay thing. no no you go ahead you can it's finish off, your thought off i don't want to cut off saying, but i was thinking about what you're talking little kids love to tell stories yeah. they like to make them up and tell them and when they're little in school they let them make up stories and tell them but somewhere along the line in school they stop that creativity storytelling mm. Which they probably they should keep like a storytelling style class where they use their creativity and they make up these imaginary stories. Like we have some English and some writing classes, but it it they loses usually, that creativity they allow little right. kids yes. to have and use. They're they more do. focused on technique, right, than, than actually telling the story most. Or like but, the grammar. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like they should allow that creativity to keep going because I think we stop it in a lot of people because mm-hmm. kids definitely just. They're born with this knack of, I'm going to make some crazy right. story up about... Whether it makes sense or yeah, not. Yeah, they're going to just come moments. up with something right. and tell you like, oh, well, I got this lollipop because uh, this guy ran into the house and he knocked everything over. You know, like they're just going to mm-hmm. come up with some crazy version. And I think that if we allow that to keep going, we'd probably have even more people who are really good storytellers. Absolutely. Which, which really, it would benefit them in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, like... Like I said, the, the the article I had was about how being a good storyteller helps you give a presentation to an audience. At a, it was really specific to an audience at a corporate meeting, uh, and how powerful being a good storyteller was. So yeah, we probably should never lose that. I agree. No, I definitely agree. I think like 
like I, th I just think as people, you know, like as humans, we want to know these stories about each other. Like when you're getting to know somebody, if you, um, you know, like you meet somebody and you want to start dating, like you're going to want to know things about them and you're essentially getting their story from mm -hmm. them. And like there's this vulnerability that opens up when you are listening to a, someone else's story and when you give somebody your life story you know and we kind of do it in parts like i like to think of it almost like chapters you know like well we just met so i'll tell you this and then like okay we've known each other for a few months so i'll tell you a little bit more and then it kind of goes on and, and it doesn't exactly have to be like that like but right but, but in essence at least right and and i just think it's something that we naturally do and I think it only helps us relationally as humans, mm -hmm. like just to tell stories. Like, I, well, that's a. I think that's a good point to then end on before we go into the mailbag. I think right. that's a good closing. Uh, a good closing to the story. Of our... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so, all right. So we're going to mailbag. Um, we do have questions. I, mine is themed for New Year's. Mine's I don't know if for yours Christmas, is. Okay. So I should uh, just ask mine first. Yeah, I guess you start. Okay, my question's um, from Susan, and it says, what was the best gift you got or gave for Christmas this year? Okay, so so it's about the day after Christmas. Not It's not about Christmas. Right, it's just about <laughs> a gift that you the got best or gave. Gift for this year or this year. For yeah. this year? This year. Listen to the whole question. Yeah, I, <laughs> I started. Story. I didn't listen to your story. <laughs> <laughs> um, a good question. I got I got Do you have something, Anthony? Yeah, uh, I think the best gift I got, um, I'll do one sentimentally and one that's like a physical thing. Okay. So like, yeah. Um, sentimentally, it was just being able to spend time with um, my loved ones for like another year, because you know you never know when, like I like I had I know people who's like um, their family like passed away like this like like around Christmas. So yeah. um, just being able to spend time with my loved ones, my close loved ones, and materially, the best gift I got was um, the whole season um, collection of The Office, the show. Good, good choice. Yeah. Uh, well, we can't top his sentimental one. Yeah, I'll, I'll so just we'll say just have to like the same, same, same. same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll go uh, to just my the thing I got, and it, <laughs> I got a forty nine key keyboard <laughs> for playing video games. Oh, that is very small, and uh, I really like it. That. And I also, I had a mouse that I had had for seven years to the point that I, there's actually a indentation where my pinky rests because I've had it so long. Wow. <laughs> uh, and a button fell off of it the day before Christmas. And then I actually got that for Christmas. Oh, that's the so button. I, well, no, I got <laughs> a, a whole new, uh, the exact same mouse, uh, but a whole new brand new one. That doesn't have a pinky groove. <laughs> you're gonna Does have that to, make you sad? I you're gonna like have to build that, that in. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to like wear that in. But the fact that the buttons all work is like a. I would rather not have my pinky groove, and actually have uh, the ability to left click and right click. <laughs> 
Uh, so, but the the keyboard was the coolest. But it was nice to finally replace a seven year old gaming mouse that is like literally falling apart on me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is good. That that was definitely well timed. All right, Lori, what's your your uh, last? Zara gives me a good gift mm-hmm. every year by putting their store on uh, winter sale. They do a whole season sale, and then it goes up to 70% off. Oh, that's great. Starts the day after Christmas, and it runs for three weeks. So haven't been there yet, but that's my that's my Christmas gift to myself. That's awesome. <laughs> Future Christmas <laughs> my, gift. Wait, that's, my, that's their okay. Christmas gift to me by doing their big uh, season sale right after Christmas. So if it's... <laughs> If it's, uh, is it considered this year's Christmas gift or next year's Christmas gift? That would have to be this year because they do want to get in July. That would be closer to next Christmas. Yeah, was, okay. No, that's I was, what I always do. I mean, a, making a joke because it'll be. I mean, I'm going to, since we're adults, I feel yeah, like, have, like the nobody days gets of Christmas, like a whole right? lot of stuff so, as yeah. an adult for Christmas. So anything I, like with my mom, I'm always like, mom, let's just go to the Zara sale. So I was making kind of like a Christmas tradition. 2020 by the time you go there. Yeah, so I next, know. next year's I get it. Christmas. I get it. You didn't laugh, so I figured you probably funny. didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't laugh when it's not funny. You should have told a story with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> messed up. I lost the opportunity. <laughs> Anybody give a good gift? Um, I mean, I gave my kids what they asked for for Christmas. I don't know that that's a good gift. <laughs> I gave. I mean, I guess it was a good gift to them. Yeah, I gave I gave all right gifts. I, I uh, gave my mom a uh, like a uh, like a TV, like a maybe I think it was like fifty five inch like TV, like to replace her like thirty two inch one, and she loved that. Well, that's good. Yeah, I uh, usually get my family members like a I'll like get a bottle of wine or something for for every get them drunk so they don't know you didn't get them no, a real like gift. A, well, like I'll <laughs> I'll try to find like a fancy beer. Or wine or something and i did have a christmas miracle and <laughs> it was not actually a christmas miracle but i'm, I'm making a story here uh <laughs> you looked shocked when i said that so i was just seeing how dumb way you're gonna take it you to tone it back a little bit let's not call it a christmas miracle uh i went and uh, i was looking for moscato for my sister-in-law they didn't have any at walmart get to abc because i know they've got it there i was like cool get Get something with a cool looking bottle or something, you know, just so it's neat. Go to the section. There's literally not a bottle on the shelf. It was mm. the only thing, like, well stocked ABC. That one section, not a single bottle anywhere in it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's inconvenient that the one thing I wanted is the only thing they're sold out of. I go ask the guy, hey, you know, what can you recommend that's kind of like it? So we start looking around, go to the Prosecco. He's like, oh, this is a this is a really nice like brand. I like to get it in Prosecco. I grab the bottle, look at it, and it, it was a misplaced bottle of Moscato made by the exact same company as that oh, Prosecco. Wow. There so you go. It looked, the bottle looked the same, and, and it was the same brand, but it was Moscato. There's my Christmas miracle. See, but that was a good story, though. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I would like to add on this topic. I am definitely a grouch at Christmas, and I complain every year that we have at to buy Christmas? people gifts <laughs> because I think it's the most ridiculous thing ever. I kind of go through that mentally, so, too. <laughs> I feel like, why do we have to pick a time and then buy a bunch of gifts for everybody? Like, yeah. it seems kind of crazy. So, I mean, I don't. 
I, I mean, do I do enjoy buying and receiving like small gifts. Yes. So like the wine and the beer. Like a it's not like a thousand dollar gift I'm giving out. I feel like we could there. do like a more Something on a sentimental I, level. Like we could all give some sort of sentimental gift to one another. My that could favorite be like gift. I'm sorry. I didn't no, mean I was going to say handwritten or handmade. That's what I was going to say. Handwritten, exactly. My favorite gift is to get a card that tells somebody exactly like how they feel or like a memory or something that they they like about being my friend or being around me or something. I force my husband to do that if he gives me cards. I'm like, you have to, you have to write something on the side now. There you go. Also because I found out that when he buys cards, he goes into the store and grabs one and then he goes with it. So I was like, well, now you have to write something because I know that you just took whatever sentiment the card had and you're just like, good enough. I will, as a side note, as a as an update, uh, my dad for Christmas gave me a Christmas card and he was like, open it. And I knew, I knew there was something he really wanted me to see because he was very excited for me to open his card, which... I mean, typically it's a card, so he's just like, here, you know, here's a, you know, Merry Christmas. This time he was very excited to see me open it. Mm. I opened it, and it was actually a Hanukkah card. Oh. Because I <laughs> took the uh, DNA test and found out I am 3% Jewish. Oh. And <laughs> my dad was thoughtful enough and <laughs> funny enough to... No, that Watley's I, over there. He knew that I would say that I was celebrating Hanukkah this year, which I did. And preemptively bought me a Hanukkah card, like, months in advance, or at least a month in advance of Christmas. Didn't know that I would say anything about it. And then on the podcast, I said I was going to be celebrating both Hanukkah and Christmas now that I know that I'm 3% Jewish. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. And I got a Hanukkah card from my dad and... It I had am the rolling my eyes for. <laughs> for anyone who can't see me. <laughs> it, it had the reaction he hoped for, too. <laughs> we got a, got a good laugh and a good, well, shalom. <laughs> I love those inside gifts, like when somebody gets you something that only you and that person will laugh, and then everyone else will be like, I don't get it. Yep, that's and he knows me well enough that... <laughs> Despite the fact that I found out in like January of last year and haven't even mentioned it. He knew that I would around Christmas. Um, you mean around Hanukkah? Well, around Hanukkah and <laughs> the Christmas, uh, the holiday season. Uh, all right, we'll move on to my mailbag question now that I got through my story. Uh, this is from Allison, and it's, what was your New Year's resolution? But what's it? What, what is it? What is it? Since it hasn't Maybe happened, she but... didn't know when we would read it. Right. That might have, if it was any day but today, Wait. it would have. We're just pre-recording this. This actually does air. Her question makes sense. Well, yeah, it makes sense, but not for us to talk about because we're pre-recording it. We haven't made it. <laughs> yeah. It's December <laughs> Maybe we 31st. Just <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you have a resolution? Um, my resolution this year... Um, I don't know. I oh, I feel like they're kind of corny sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's not really a practice I kind of stick with. But there's one thing that I for sure want to stick with, and I want to read one book a week. So Whoa. Like, I want to have like fifty, at least fifty books read. I know there's I like fifty. Read one book in fifty years. See, 
See, I read like two books last year and I don't even remember what they were. So this year I'm like a book a week. Well, and it's a good, uh, I mean, it's obvious. It is doable. I have read a book quickly. I have never read that many books in a year. I haven't either. So I'm going to see what happens. uh, It is at least, that is a doable. And the nice thing is as long as you go for it, even if you don't get a book a week done, I mean, Say it takes two weeks for every book. Sure. That's still an impressive amount of books to have read. That's I mean, what I'm thinking. That's that's a good good goal. <laughs> My resolution is probably the most stereotypical one. And it actually You're is, gonna lose weight. It is the first one that I think I might actually stick to in a long time. No, I'm I'm gonna start going to the gym. Oh, it's close. It's close. <laughs> no, it's the same thing. <laughs> I do actually have a drive to go to the gym, unrelated to it being New Year's. Okay. So I think you just make it your New Year's resolution, right, I think so I'm, you can be like, "Oh, I stuck to mine this year." Right. I think I'm like, I guess pro proactively making it my resolution or reactively, because uh, I do want to start going to the gym. Which, conveniently, we just had uh, uh, Derek from Prestige Fitness on the podcast uh, for the community talk. Now I know there's a gym I can go to. Um, that is my real resolution. As that's lose weight is the only other one that could have potentially been more cliche. The, I do want to do that, but <laughs> yeah. The, I would. I don't care if the weight goes up or down if I'm at the gym building muscle. So we'll we'll see. If I'm like, I got you. Five hundred pounds of muscle. I guess I should gain weight, right? <laughs> um, ah, you know, I don't do things like this. I mean, you don't do holidays. I don't do things like you know whatever people do. Resolutions. Um, I mean, my best ones ever was one time I. My resolution was to do um, more U-turns and less three-point turns. But (laughs) that was a long time ago, and my car didn't make U-turns very well, so it was was a joke on the car. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I guess if... uh, If I had to, like, think of something maybe I should change this year, maybe I should uh, not be so grumpy. Maybe I should just have a little bit more of a positive outlook on everything. One of the things you should change maybe this year is one you've already mentioned uh, is be more receptive to change. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So you can pick one of the two of those. That would be another change. That's why I can't be one of these. It's like like more laid back. I'm always like, I'm way too uptight. I should be more laid back. But I don't think that's something you can change about yourself. Yeah, I'm just wound too tight. I can't help it. <laughs> have, have you seen the um, Have you seen the Mister Rogers movie with Tom Hanks? Uh, no, no, but I, I was I wanted really, to see that. That is a good one. Yeah. Like that. Does he unwind? Y- yes, and he has like his things that he does. I better he, watch it. Like puts on a cardigan. Yeah, I need a cardigan for when I go he home. Unwinds. Yeah, he, that's what he does. And, and like apparently he had like a little bit of an anger issue and he had his things that he did to just like bring himself down. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of his. So I really mm-hmm. I, I want to watch it too. I have to watch it sometime. Yeah, yeah, mine is just like I'm like just uptight. Which 
I'm also, I heard, I read some of the reviews and stuff of the Mr. Rogers thing. It's really good to know that he was genuine about what he was doing. Yes. He may have had problems, uh, like he may have had an anger problem, but he was genuine about not, you know, the anger not affecting other people still. Right. He was still genuine in his personality that he right, I wanted think the that, best for that, people. Yeah, things like that don't necessarily define you right. as exactly. to how you feel about things. Uh, well, uh, TV book club. Wet Hot American Summer, the first day of camp. First day of camp. Episode one of season one. I don't know what the name of the actual uh, episode was. Campers arrive. Campers arrive. So first thing first, the episode's called Campers Alive. Alive. (laughs) Thank goodness they're alive. Thank goodness. Campers are alive. Campers alive. And campers arrive. Uh, (laughs) Different language. That's campers alive. campers arrive because basically that is what the entire first episode it's it's all of the cast showing up so it's okay so it was a movie what hot american summer that came out when did that come out like the early 2000 uh i think it was 2004 2004 no it was like earlier than that i was in high school when it came out um so I'll just say no to that because I'm okay, sure I'm, of it. I'm pretty sure they were 10 years apart and it was 2015, but go ahead. <laughs> it was 2015 is when mm-hmm. the, the season came out. Okay, you look it up. I won't look ahead. it up. Yeah. Any which way. So that came out and then they did the season on Netflix, which is first day of camp because the movie was all about the last day. But they're like 10 years older on the first day. Yeah, so it's and- kind of... That is crazy. If you watch the episode, you may have noticed that so, they and they're were, playing sixteen-year-olds, and they're like right, all forty. Which, if you look at them and go, "Hmm, so wait, ten years ago, well, they still would have been like late, thirty, like late thirty, at least well, mid thirties at the some time." Some of them, I think, might have been in their well, late twenties. I mean, there were probably the some. But, uh, they were all considerably older than 16 playing 16 year olds in the movie and yeah and then they're even older yeah, now in their 40s and, and the beginning of camp i think that's just humorous in itself that is my favorite part of the whole series even though one like small joke they just took it to the extreme so <laughs> i i watched the movie and the episode because i thought maybe i needed to see the movie to understand the episode i've seen the movie like three times and I never remember any of it. And then when I watch the movie again, I remember why I don't remember any of it. I do not like that movie. <laughs> I, I know. I love the movie because of all the all the people who wrote it. Okay, it's kind of, not like the my worst. Favorites. Like I was gonna go ahead and say it's not the worst movie ever. I actually own the movie. <laughs> and you hate it. <laughs> Well, it's like not memorable to me. It makes okay. me mad because halfway through it gets so stupid that I wish they either would have yes. gone like a hundred percent stupid, like airplane, or slightly less stupid. Like which, I don't like that they half and half it. Hmm. Like it's half stupid and half like which not so stupid. Spo- spoiler alert for the TV show: they 
do the exact same thing with the series. And about the midway point, things it just go gets off ridiculous. the rails. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Intentionally. Like, I know. I mean, that's how the movie is. And for me, I either want it just airplane comedy or just tone it back down to regular comedy. Right. Uh, so I just block it out. After I watch it, I just block it out. And then I'm like, did I like that movie? And then I bought it at one point because I couldn't remember. And then I watch it and I go, ugh, and I block it out. <laughs> so, you know, in a few years, I'll have to watch it again to remember. Um, yep. I actually, when I went to watch the season one, episode one, I had already watched three of them and I don't have any memory of it. So apparently it happens to me with the TV show too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. Which, if if you watched the movie and then it was 2001, you're right. It was before 2004. Uh, so they were like... 15 years old. 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, which is even, uh, even funny. They were the age of the characters... So that they were one playing funny thing was the, the difference in the way Coop looked. Yeah. Because in the movie, he was a tall, skinny guy. And in the first day of camp, he was a tall, heavy set guy. Yeah. And uh, just as a side note, the first day of camp and the last day of camp, he's wearing the same shirt. <laughs> it is the same shirt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he's like, he like 70 pounds heavier oh and my, wearing yes. the same tight shirt that he was wearing when he was a skinny uh guy which makes it even it's like skin t that's why he's wearing such a like skin tight shirt is that they were like it would be funny if even though i've gained weight i put on the exact same shirt and yeah so he did <laughs> that's that's comedy uh they are the the crew that met because it's Michael Ian Black, uh, Michael Swaim, and Michael Showalter. They are the three comedians that basically, they did this and they did the TV show Stella. I don't know if you ever watched that. I tried to look that up. I couldn't even find it. It was like a sketch it up. thing. Um, okay. Uh, but they, that's just their brand of, it's just like an absurd comedy so one thing i didn't realize um obviously my weird favorite movie not most favorite but one of them mm -hmm. is role models i didn't realize it's all in this there were three of the characters in mm -hmm. this elizabeth banks yeah because paul, paul rudd, rudd is like, and, um, paul rudd guy, is like in everything is. they make they're like friends with them <laughs> well because he's amazing come on now. well they're also hilarious but <laughs> yeah no, paul rudd he's like he does like this I don't know. He's a really funny, and then he can do these other things that are like a little more serious, but mm -hmm. it's still like great. I was saying when I was watching, I was like, I've never met a person. I know they're out there, but I've never met a person that's like, you know who I hate? I hate Paul Rudd. Just looking at him, I hate him because <laughs> yeah. that's not normally something you hear. It just seems I wonder what like... it's like to be him, to where everybody's just like, yeah, he seems pretty cool. Yeah, he just <laughs> carries himself like that way. Such a nice guy. It just seems like, like he would be fun. It's but so never be too rude to you, but would be rude for fun and make a good joke out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is really strange that I know someone out there is like, I hate him, but. You don't meet that person very much. They don't leave their house. 
So they must not. I was hoping <laughs> no to have a lot more to say about the specific episode. Yeah. But well, yeah. Now I've blended is, them, well, so this it was is like more kind of a, hard for me, anyways. There really wasn't. Oh, I have a few options. It was just a reintroduction of all the characters. Amy that was Poehler's teeth in the movie. Did she have? Was that like? Did she really have that bad of teeth in two thousand one? And she got them fixed. Um. I thought it wasn't the episode, but the episode she had like normal looking teeth. But the movie, she has crazy ones. And I was trying to figure out if she just had crazy teeth back then and got them fixed or if they were like. I, I can't remember, but it's probably explained in the series. Cause we'll see, unless that she just had crazy that teeth. could have been, but I don't, I, I think that they're, because they all had a bunch of weird things that they like, they put all these weird details into the movie mm-hmm. that are never touched on or yeah. explained or anything. Uh they must have like written them and just were like, we'll include them and we'll see if anybody figures them out. And then the TV show, then 15 years later, by the end of it, explains all of these weird things. And you don't know. And they introduce was it a, a mistake bunch of, that they then. You know what I thought would have been funny? I'm just cutting you off because yeah, I, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I just stopped. Um, <laughs> they brought everybody back 15 years older. I think it would have been funny if they brought the kids that were campers back. And they were all yes. 15 years older playing little kids. That I, would have cracked me up. I was hoping that for that. That kind of I, bothered me that they didn't do that. I think that they there are a couple of them that are in the movie uh, at some point. Like, yeah. But it still would have been that, really that funny. That are in the, in the show, not in the movie. Uh, there are... Super confusing. Everybody's <laughs> an adult being like, are you a kid or are you an adult? Yeah. The, the whole... <laughs> the timeline's confusing. Everything's confusing about it, but... They did actually, I think, get some of the kids from the movie and put them in the show as this like side else. characters. Yeah, like they don't play their character, but they do. Yeah, but I wanted them to play their character. And then there were a bunch of other campers that weren't in the movie that are like, I guess, just there for the show. It all gets explained. Wait, I haven't watched all. I only got to watch episode one, so well, I, I get to I talk about it as I, an episode. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, but in the, I will give you the. Uh, the relief that um, it does get explained. I would like to say one thing about Paul Rudd. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if he did it as much in the episode of the movie, but he makes the weirdest face with his, like, whatever he does with his mouth. Oh. It's insane. He does in the movie, too. That's his. And it's like, <sighs> and his lip, like, curls under yeah. in this super crazy way. I was like, I can't look at him. <laughs> it, is, it is one of his more animated roles. <laughs> yeah the, the cool kid and he doesn't seem cool at all he no, seems like the biggest dork yeah, they, ever they, i'm gonna have to check that out yeah i uh i would actually you do not have to see the movie to watch the show but you prob- but it's actually, probably better if you do it'd be yeah, funnier it, it yeah. sounds like it'd be funnier yeah right because it, it, it story-wise you don't need to but comedy-wise it is funny to watch especially because I had not seen the movie in a couple years when the show came out. Yeah. And so see, like seeing Coop like double his size because uh, he looked like he weighed like 50 pounds on the first one uh, was shocking. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it makes it funnier. Yeah. They play, just, they like, play watch off them back other. to back. But unfortunately, we picked an or episode. Or maybe even you like watch all the way was, through into that one. Yeah, it was just too too plain, just, just a, the introductory one. Because it was one. like, hey, after 15 years, we're back. Here's everybody. Here's the whole crew. 
Okay. Uh, and that was so, like all that happened yeah, in the episode. Um, I mean, episode two is where cause they aired, they put one and two up together. Mm-hmm. And then they put the rest of the series up a couple, like, like a day or two later. Oh. So really one and two kind of are the same, but they're split. And so we only watch I mean, one. as, yeah, not all the characters were even in it. Um, as stupid as I think the movie is and the TV show, I'm still probably going to watch the season and then 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's like, I just think it's stupid. It's not so bad that I don't want to watch it. Right. It's it, just like, it, oh my gosh. They are, I mean, they're all talented comedians. I mean, they've yeah. all worked on, they mostly right, they all work in behind like, the scenes. Um, they're all like writers and directors and stuff. Oh, sure. So they've they have been involved in pretty much all of the best. But they uh, like I literally (laughs) feel like they got together and they were like laughing in a room with each other and Mm -hmm. they made a movie and not all of that translated to me. Like I wasn't sitting in the room when they wrote it, so I'm not laughing as hard when I watched it. But I can see how it was super funny in their head Mm -hmm. when they're sitting around a table and they're like, oh, and then they'll totally do that, and then they're just like cracking up. I think they made it. Like that, essentially. They made the movie yeah. to be a, like, you have to get the inside jokes to laugh at some of the On, stuff. You yeah. have to understand what... Like, Wait, they're laughing like crazy at right. something that we're missing. I, I think the movie I Love You, Man, he says the slap of the bass, like, constantly in it. That was an inside joke. It had to be with somebody on the set. Right. Which... It, they're all the, and they like added it and then they're cracking up as he does it throughout the entire movie but right. it makes no sense in the movie so i was like that's totally like some inside joke they added which is probably uh i think that was michael swain no no that wasn't I'm thinking they wrote it they, it may have been uh, written by one of them yeah, i thought I it was paul rudd I thought, in it so. i thought it was michael swain that directed it but i I think I'm thinking of a different movie. Um, any which way. So, but yeah, it's it's a lot of inside jokes that actually, as you watch it, you kind of like. The I think the point is to kind of make you part of the inside joke too, of like then you can quote it to your friends and yeah. uh, So, it's it's a the movie was a cult classic. It was like. If you weren't a big fan of those three, like from their other stuff, you probably didn't even know that it existed. Yeah. Until it became a cult classic. And even then, a lot of people missed it. But there were enough people who were big fans that they then made the show. And I mean, luckily, I was already a Paul Rudd fan from Clueless because I'm a girl. (laughs) I actually, Wet Hot American Summer is, well, friends. Was where I first. Where you first met him. Where I first met Paul Rudd. I met him on Clueless. Uh, but then, <laughs> what on American Summer? I think I I first saw Paul Rudd in um, what was it? A Forty Year Old Virgin. <laughs> I think that's the first oh, yeah. one I remember him from. Paul Rudd's one of those actors that if he's in it, I will watch it. He's also I'm just, in. I'm gonna watch it if he's in it. He's in like everything. Yeah. <laughs> like that's their trick a lot of people was, must feel like me yeah. so they're like just put paul rudd somewhere in it he's everybody like, go home watch it he's like a secondary or farther <laughs> like third or fourth character in so many movies yeah like, where he's just like like friend number three sitting at the table he should and, just like <laughs> where's waldo paul rudd in every movie and just, put so him just like try to find him yeah <laughs> um so what's your rating on it 
my rating for the episode is actually if you'd asked me the rating the day it came out i would have given it a five out of five because that insight was kind of great for you that was kind of the point when they did it was that everybody who was a like cult classic fan of the movie it was like hey guys we're back watching it now uh i'd probably give it maybe at most uh two out of five uh what are we camp stickers i don't know camp stickers camp camp crafts campers alive yeah (laughs) campers alive uh maybe a two just because nothing really happened it was just it was an episode just to be like hey we're back um i um i'm gonna just say like i wasn't even gonna rate it that low i was just gonna rate it like a three because it did make me go okay i'll watch the rest of the season and i feel like that's a that's good enough because it didn't blow my mind as like a really funny episode it didn't do anything but it also didn't suck (laughs) so yeah uh, well and uh, you have to average out mine because like i said two point i would have like a five i'd have given it 10 out of five Mm. (laughs) i was super excited for it i was waiting then again, I also just I watched What Hot American come. Summer for the fourth time before watching this, so it probably like worked better for right. me too. I was waiting when the show came out. I was sitting at my computer waiting for it to go live on Netflix, refreshing Netflix. Wow. I was super excited about it. So like I said, I'll give it a three on average. So three campers alive. If you're not excited about it, you've already seen it. You already like. Three out of five campers. Yeah. So we'll give it a good flat. Let's let's give it a good flat three out of five. Okay. Overall. I wonder if anybody is writing these down. No. Uh, these ratings. Of course not. We could be. We've you're, given you're a rating. Them. If any of you have been keeping track of our <laughs> ratings, please. I know I could go back through and listen. But, but that would be any, too much work. If any of you have been keeping track of these, please comment down below and, and give us a recap of this year's uh, <laughs> ratings for our TV book club because I'm kind of curious. Um, uh, and next week, we're going to have to add that in because I don't know where we're watching. <laughs> yeah, we're we'll, find it. we'll add it. When I okay. Add it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on the show, Anthony. Thank you both for having yeah, me. It's time. been a pleasure and a lot of fun. Good. Glad to have you. You can here. tell the story to someone later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I this will. This will be a good story. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and, and thanks, everybody, for listening. And comment down below. Go on to Instagram at Sebring Podcast or email us. Podcast at Sebring.com. And we'll see you next week.